0: You're listening to a Countout Podcast.
1: Hey everyone, Mikey here. Before we get to today's show, we at the Out Network wanted, wanted to take a moment to talk about suicide prevention and the steps you can take if you're having thoughts of suicide. There are so many resources out there available to you and people who are always willing to help. So please never be afraid to reach out. Some sources include... The National Suicide Prevention Hotline uh, at 1-800-237-8255. You can text the Crisis Text Line if you text HOME to 741-741. LGBTQ National Hotline uh, is 888-843-4564. The Self-Harm Hotline is 1-800-366-8288. Uh, You can find links to all of these online, as well as much, much more uh, services, including international suicide hotline numbers at www.dbsalliance.org forward slash crisis forward slash suicide dash hotline dash helpline dash information. Always remember that help is out there and support can always be found. Thank you for listening. And now on to the show.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show that um, that has a podcast where we take place on top of a ring post. That's it. That's all I got for this intro. Uh, I am Ryan Nightsy and with me as always is Scotty. Scotty, you seem upset uh, by my intro presence already. I didn't have anything coming in here but I did have a question for you, Scotty. Alright, uh, I like questions. Uh, the fans want to know the fans of the podcast want to know. they've been buzzing all week. They've wanted to know all week. Um, they you know they wanted to know. Uh, you're, we all know that you're a huge fan. We're all we all know that um, oh God, you, you love this. So everyone wants to know. did you go on Rise of the Resistance at Disney's Hollywood Studios?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah baby
0: and it was absolutely phenomenal really what, what yes. so yeah so you were just on you were just we didn't have an episode last week because you were on vacation at disney so how how was it the best ride ever did i did i hype it up enough listen i here's
2: my thing like i don't even know if i can call it a ride i think it's like the best experience ever because for anyone that hasn't been on it it is literally like stepping out of the park and into the world of Star Wars because the moment you get on the attraction part of it, it feels so real and it's just oh, it's amazing. It, like the pe- the people that work there who are in character are amazing and then when you get to the actual ride itself, it's mwah, chef's kiss So it was fantastic. The queue makes a lot of sense. it was it was just so much fun.
0: I, yeah, you're, you're basically talking about like the thing I told you was like, it doesn't feel, didn't it feel like professional wrestling in the sense that like Mm -hmm. the, I don't know how much spoiler territory we want to get into this, but don't spoil it, but (laughs) the, the, like the, the, the the, He's just talking about like the punk. Yes. The, (laughs) the, the the reveal was like Mm -hmm. pro wrestling to me. Yeah, I just said that we just I just got kayfaved hard uh, while yeah. doing that ride.
2: it's so good.
0: It's so good. Did it, how was the rest of the trip, though? It was great. It was great. It was quick.
2: It was really quick. I, uh, I came back and I was like, oh, well, we're back. That being said, I did miss uh, this little thing we call pro wrestling. So I guess, you know, while vacation ended, I get to look forward to. Well, I got to look forward to a big week of wrestling it was like bam 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 like there was no stoppage in sight and that's why we're here we're here to talk about uh one of the many bams that i just said bam bam bam
0: yeah bam like, bam bigelow i believe it was his uh anniversary <laughs> anniversary recently of, of his passing um, no yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm glad you enjoy disney i love disney i love disney so much i wish i can go on disney uh even more um you know, did uh, did they re? When I went to Disney over the summer, they like just turned o- turned off. They just turned off their um, uh, mask mandates. Did they re up them? They're recently? back on, yeah. They're back on. Okay, yeah. okay. They, they, did you have to show like inside or anything?
2: No, nope, no. Nope. You just have to wear them indoors.
0: Indoors, not just not just like walking around the park or something.
2: Nope, they didn't care about that. I mean, you could take it off. You could put it on. It depended on the crowd for me. I'd I put it off. I had to like walk through a bunch of people. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. That being said, um, I'm very much buzzing about wrestling. No offense. I appreciate the Disney questions. But uh, we got to get there
0: because my head's about to explode. That's fair. Well, I'm going to hold you off for one more second because uh, I just wanted to address the top here. News mm-hmm. of obviously the the sad passing of uh, S- Sharon Spurill, Spir- Shannon Spurrell, aka Daphne. She passed away last Wednesday, um, or presumably last Wednesday, maybe early morning Thursday. Um, very harrowing stuff. On, I don't. I know you don't like to be on Twitter during like dynamite, but you know, watching all that everything go down. Basically, uh, former WCW, TNA wrestler Daphne um had a a a very harrowing instagram live video where she's just reading note cards about um very suicidal thoughts very scary thoughts um and she um then you know there's she just recently moved no one knows where she is no one had her numbers or anything everyone's trying to contact her online uh and then obviously we wake up thursday morning to the sad news of her passing so we obviously just want to wish uh, the well wishes to her family, her friends, and uh, all of her colleagues in the wrestling world. Scotty, do you? I, I mean, we're still sort of young, so I'm sh- I'm sure we don't have much um, uh, connection to her through WCW or maybe even TNA. But um, how, you know, how does this feel? Especially since you know you're a hu- you were a huge or you are a huge Hanakamura fan, and this passing happened to be on the birthday of. Uh, of the, the the late great Hanakamura. How did this all this sort of interaction, how did all this sort of news affect you? Uh
2: it, it affected me a lot because I I remember how difficult that was. And as someone who was a fan in really it comes with anyone that goes that this happened, like the way this happened. Um, for the fans, for her, for her family, all you can wish is that someone gets there in time. That's, and the fact that that did not happen, you know, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. And it just reminds me to remind people that there is always someone to talk to. There is always someone to, you know, is whether it be calling a hotline Talking to family, friends Teachers Colleagues uh, The list goes on Of people who will be listening Or willing to listen And I think we all have gone through you know Tough days And tough times So mm-hmm. Just For anyone listening Remember that someone's always there for you and it's going to be okay because this was a tough tough loss for the wrestling community and it's one of those things to try to shine a light in such a dark moment it's one of those times that you remember that the wrestling community as much as people like to complain and say it's bad it's one of those moments where we all come together and it reminds you that we are you know all fans and we're all we all got each other's back so rest in peace daphne um, gone far too soon and uh yeah make sure you talk to someone if you need to
0: yes uh on the audio version of the podcast when it comes out uh we're gonna have a little uh mikey manfredi put together a little audio recording uh just sharing some hotlines and some websites you can go to if you're struggling. Um, to get additional help. And not just additional help from each other, because the best we can do is obviously support each other. Um, but when we say help, we're talking that professional help um, that is obviously, I think, much needed for, for a lot of people right. sometimes. You know, I definitely needed to use that. My cat just... I don't know if you saw that. My cat just jumped off the printer onto here. Now he's eating fake plants. So I need my own help with this cat. <laughs> But, you know, yes, the, the outpouring for love for Daphne is very apparent. You can just see on any tweet from any women's wrestler, male wrestler, anyone in the wrestling world, uh, just very, you know, just very sad moment to see that happen. Um, just, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. You never know it. You never know what people are going through until something like this happens. And then it's it's just very frustrating to to see it all go down. Mm-hmm. Um so we, you know, I'd be like you said, rest in peace, Daphne. Um, let's go, however, into our, our the the big topic of the night. Obviously, last night was AEW All Elite Wrestling's big time pay per view, All Out, and I would argue, and I think many people would argue, and I think Scotty, you would agree with me here, that this might have been the best AEW pay per view of all time. And maybe the best pay per view. Is it the best pay per view in modern history? I don't know, but it's up there. I would argue, yeah. maybe it's yeah. this was top down a great pay per view.
2: Yeah, top to bottom, it it somehow managed to deliver. Whether it was a match moments, um, it it's incredible how much they were able to deliver in what I felt was every segment that they had. That is not easy to do for anyone, for anyone, I because, you know, even the lowest point of, like, Paul White and QT Marshall, they did the right thing, made that quick, made us, allowed us to move on in our lives, and it served the purpose of calming the people down for the main event, and everything felt perfect in a sense that it was just a night of so much joy. Like Wrestling is supposed to be fun, people, and this was fun, to say the least. Uh, We'll get into the matches and the moments that we're talking about here, but for me, it is by far the best AEW pay-per-view of all time. I don't think I know we've had some great ones, but I just I think for the surprise debuts alone and you have that signature match, you'll remember from this pay-per-view like that's mm-hmm. what you need to define a great pay-per-view add in the fact that and when it comes down when it comes down to, you know, greatest pay-per-view in the modern history of wrestling, especially in the United States, to be fair, because like, yeah, outside of the United States. Pay per views don't work, you know. The same in a sense. It's it's definitely up there. Like I'd have to like go back and really think, but it would be tough to have anyone take this one down from the top, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think we've had an incredible year of wrestling alone that have given us moments, memories like that's. Oh my God, the cat is just like (laughs) you're not.
0: Uh, Oh my god. Oh my god. God.
2: Screw screw your moments. (laughs) Screw what you want. Okay. Well, you know, okay, I'll just finish it up. This (laughs) this year in wrestling has been amazing. And to think that we're just getting started in a sense is amazing.
0: I'm gonna you
2: you good to go now?
0: There's chaos happening. (laughs) There's literal chaos happening Uh, behind me of these these damn cats. Oh my uh, god, Tucker. Tucker is just going bananas over here. Tucker, you okay, bud? Sometimes, so I don't know, I don't know if you have any cats or if you've ever had a kitten. I have Uh, not. uh, Tucker is a a, a, little over a one-year-old, and he still has that kitten energy inside of him, and every once Uh, in a while, he'll just take laps, as you just (laughs) saw, around the house, and they're destructive. You know, he just knocks over shit. It doesn't matter. It's like, oh my god. That was great oh boy. Right? i'm terrified if he still has that energy when he gets uh older because then he's gonna be bigger he's gonna knock over more things uh he's adorable uh but he is a monster Dangerous. and I, uh, He's he he's he is a power that i cannot uh, uh sustain um oh my god yes no aw was great was amazing yeah. I, I, it, it was, oh. everything was great. Everything was at every you know, obviously, you know, Paul White, QT, Marshall, like you said, served its purpose, but everything was at least good. It was, I, I said it before that like AEW well, all out, we I all knew it. what's but that. I, would, I wouldn't be a wrestling fan if I didn't have one complaint, but you know, oh, yeah, we'll get to the complaints, I guess. Um, but AEW all out, we all knew. That you know, looking at the CM Punk debut numbers, looking at all the dynamite since then, we all knew that there are more eyes now heading to All Out, heading to AEW in general. And we all knew that this pay per view was going to have the numbers to sustain. Obviously, recording now, we don't know how many, how many, what kind of pay per view buys we're talking, but we knew that there was going to be extra eyes on this show. We don't know how many. We knew they was they were coming. Could they break the record? Who knows. But nonetheless, this show needed to deliver, and in my opinion, delivered. Completely delivered. You know, you can go back to to what was it full gear? Was full gear the one with the the exploding barbed wire death match? Or was that revolution? That was revolution. Can't go- ever forget it. <laughs> Revolution Revolution was a good pay-per-view and then the latter half was bad and then the ending was <laughs> wet fart in the church. Um, they haven't had a lot of great pay-per-views in the, since Revolution of 2020. They haven't had a lot of great pay-per-views for like a year and a half and this, to me, is the one. This is the one that brought them here. This is the one they needed to have and to me, this is the one. Th- they nailed it. They nailed it.
2: Talk yeah. It. I mean, on the media call... Tony Khan said he put this he put this into the world. This will be the greatest show AEW ever, ever has. And I was like, dude, that is that is a ballsy move, but clearly he knew what was up. Uh, <laughs> but like that is, you know, you're putting out there that one you believe in your talent is going to deliver in the matches. Like that if you don't have good matches from start to finish, the 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 moments will save that But it won't be going down as what a lot of people regard as the best one of the best pay per views of all time. Like, you need the matches to deliver. Yeah. So, the fact that he had that belief in his talent is one step great because that's what that's what you want in a promoter. You want them to show that they believe in their wrestlers. Um, and I wanted to just say, you know, before. We move on if anyone questions what aw's you know top pay-per-view is whether it be mania like mania like it is all out there is no question it is all out it stems from all in that it's never been a question in my eyes i know last year's show wasn't that great i mean i think they had like moxley and mjf main event um but to me you can't think of anything. This is where they crown their first ever world champion.
1: Mm-hmm. This is
2: where they had Omega versus Pac in a super match the first time around. And now look at them! Now look at them at the conclusion of the third ever All Out. They have more talent than I would know what to do with. But you know what? I believe in what Tony Khan's doing. I think he's going to uh, he's going to figure it out. And it's asking a lot. Of someone who is still really new to being a promoter, but by all accounts, he's going to figure it out because here we are buzzing about a show that was just simply
0: fantastic. Simply, simply fantastic. You're right. It was a uh, Moxley MJF last, last pay-per-view, which even then that was, you know, that was eh, it's fine. <laughs> it, was fine. Yeah, it was there. It was, it it was, it was fine. Um... Yeah, no, this is it's just so good. Let's let's talk about the actual show. Let's do the rundown. Uh did you were you able to catch the buy-in?
2: Yes, yes. I
0: don't I for the AEW pay per views, because
2: you just never know like what, especially based off the double or nothing buy-in, you know, we had what was potentially the best match of the night there, you know, between Serena Deeb and Riho. So like the buy in is must see, in my opinion, because you never know what you're gonna get. And I definitely, yeah, I definitely caught it. It was, it was good.
0: Yes, the buy-in match there was a ten-man tag team match. Chuck Taylor, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Orange Cassidy, and Wheeler Yuda uh, defeated the team of Angelico, Isaiah Cassidy, Jack Evans, Mark Quinn, and Matt Hardy. Ten-man tag match. There, um, I thought this match was pretty good. I, I think there was a, it was just missing something to get over into that. That next hurdle, um, but I I thought this match was pretty good. I really enjoyed this match, uh, Scotty. What did you think of this ten man tag in the buy in?
2: I think these are a good way to you know get the crowd into it because you can do so many different things with so many different people. Uh, you know you have Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy in there who are two of the more over stars in the company, so that automatically um, is good for them. Then you have you know the likes of a Private Party who do things that if you can, as tag teams, you have Mm -hmm. the hybrid two, who I think are underrated tag team. And I mean, you have Matt Hardy and I I don't love what Matt Hardy's doing. I haven't liked a lot of it, but in the end, he's still Matt Hardy. Like you, you gotta appreciate that. Matt Hardy is a legend in the wrestling business and he knows what he's doing. So, yeah, you know, you can't complain about what they did here. It made a lot of sense. I'm happy they got these people on the show because originally this wasn't ever going to happen. So good for them.
0: Yeah, it was um, a good starter match for the show. It was like it was a it good was a perfect am- buy in. Yeah, it was a good amalgamation of what AEW is. And obviously mm-hmm. we didn't have that, like the forbidden door aspect. But just in terms of the home product, you have your young stars and. Well, maybe not young stars in Orange Cassidy, but your star in Orange Cassidy, your young star in Jungle Boy, your hot tag team in the Private Party. You got your technical kind of like veteran guys, and then Helico and Jack Evans. You have your like big quote unquote attitude era star and Matt Hardy. Um, you got a, a a guy dressed up like a dinosaur. You got everything that AEW has to offer, and I think that that is what you want that in a buy-in show is that you want to have all these things, but like, this is what is coming for you. This is in that direction. These, these kind of moments, these kind of spots uh, are very intriguing. Um, and this is how we're going to sell the pay-per-view. And I think it was very, I think it hopefully it succeeded. I guess we'll see in the, the actual uh,
2: reports. I mean, Tony Khan already tweeted out. It's the most seen AW pay-per-view of all time. Uh, oh really? So, yeah. So I'm going to assume he's not lying. And, I always wish they could count illegal streams because my god the number would
0: be high. <laughs> I mean yes. I, I, I imagine that's I, I, I watched
2: get. it on pay per view by the way. Don't ever don't think I didn't.
0: <laughs> Scotty doesn't support the product.
2: <laughs> I absolutely support the product. I've bought every single AEW pay per view since the beginning. Yeah. And that that includes like there was when there was a time there where I was like, Yeah, you know, I like it. I want to like it more but you know there was a time there that was like you know almost a
0: oh very i didn't long. i didn't know about that you're about your 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 lore your back history you, you there was a point in time where you the were like the
2: pandemic
0: era Mm -hmm. wasn't the greatest
2: and it wasn't the greatest for anyone to be fair (laughs) yeah i was gonna say (laughs) It's it's not their fault um so that's why i never like stopped watching i was always watching every episode and i always followed the product it was just a matter of like they were missing the next step and i thought earlier this year they fully got to that next step i think that was actually before revolution i felt that way um probably was because they were just starting to hit yeah it started with the uh probably new year's shows i thought those were great yeah it was like okay see this is the aw i think we all expected Mm -hmm. and you know you have double or nothing which was fantastic uh revolution which you said besides the you know wet fart at the end was pretty good and this if this pay-per-view doesn't win everyone over then man you just hate professional wrestling
0: yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> solid point. I think that's a solid yeah. point. Let's get to the actual pay-per-view itself. Starting off the show, uh, you got some beef boys coming out. Miro versus Eddie Kingston for the AEW TNT title. Um, this match, boy howdy. <laughs> what a way to start a pay-per-view in my opinion. This match was great. This match was, like I said, beef on beef. We got, obviously, the whole match built around... Uh, Eddie Kingston going after Miro's neck and then, uh, you know, Miro obviously just going after destroying Eddie Kingston Um, and in a way uh, going maybe after his nuts, if you will, um, to redeem them. (laughs) But uh, uh, it was just just, oh, my God, Scotty, the 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 chest of Miro afterwards, just the handprints of Mm -hmm. not necessarily blood, but bruising. Uh, was just crazy to me. I I really love the neck body work. I just thought it was just so so good. What did you think?
2: I I think it's stunning, stunning. To I I let me rephrase. I think this match had to be a sign of things to come because I I thought this could be a really good match if they did exactly what they did, which yeah. was just fight the, they need to have like this no technical battle whatsoever that's not what these two guys do they have to fight they have to just smack the shit out of each other and they just have to put on a great show sorry for the i just realized we're on twitch so i take that back i didn't say anything uh <laughs> my bad um uh, anyways i'm
0: going let me uh kick back into gear but full gear yeah <laughs> yes here I, I can distract you real quick what did you think about Talking about the match, what did you think about the, the ref spot of the match? You said that the match was what it needed to be. Do you think the ref spot was part of that? Do you think the ref spot succeeded in that storytelling of the you, match?
2: You protect Eddie Kingston, which I think is... I know people hate like always protecting, and that's something AEW does more than probably any promotion right now, is that they protect wrestlers a lot you know because think about in the rankings alone like you have it's often that you don't see like two of the top women in the top five face off and that's like a big gripe but I thought this did a lot and it sets up for a rematch say at Arthur Ashe in New York like that is a potential match you can do which Eddie Kingston in New York is like you know that could be insane but I thought I while it looked like clunky like the referee spot looked a little clunky at the end. This match exceeded all expectations that like I didn't really care how they, you know, screwed Eddie in a sense and I thought it was I thought it was perfect. And he didn't tap out or anything. So you have that as well. He got he got screwed over in a sense that the ref was trying to do his job or whatever, but man, uh if these two have a rematch in Arthur Ashe, whew,
0: Ooh. yeah i i arthur ash taking place of course aew grand slam is uh, taking place the 22nd of september uh, i'm pulling up my calendar now to see how far away that technically is um oh is this not oh, okay it's not on this calendar um i think that's what two weeks away it's arthur ash you can easily run this back easily run this back uh and i think they probably will because i think you talk about like protection and what I uh, like AEW does is that they don't protect through like 50, 50 booking. They actually protect right. in like the layout of the matches, which mm-hmm. I think this match did very well. And I know
2: that can, I know like, uh, run-ins
0: and stuff can annoy a lot of people, but I rather that 50, 50 booking. I agree. I agree. Cause something's happening. <laughs> you know, right, it's not like I'm like, Oh, okay. This match didn't matter. Cause the guy's going to win next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, the protecting part and the refs part of the match layout lends itself to their needing a rematch, you know, going, having Miro, uh, you know, back kick, uh, Eddie Kingston, the balls, um, uh, requires almost that, uh, that sort of rematch clause there. Mm -hmm. And, Arthur Nash is a great spot. You know that Eddie Kingston pop when he comes out is going to be great. Obviously, we all kind of maybe wanted it to be proud and powerful. Santana and Ortiz. Um, I don't know if they'll... Speak for yourself. They could. They could do it. They could don't have that match. Don't do it. Do not do it. What? You do don't do want that match with Arthur Ash? I, I
2: I want that match, but I do not, do not want the Lucha Bros losing those titles anytime soon. Yeah, I guess it's... Spoiler alert, everybody. (laughs) We'll get to that in a bit. But, like, I I would throw a fit.
0: I think think Eddie Kingston
2: is the better option. That's fair.
0: I also really uh, just want to point out something I tweeted, which is just, like, yeah... I just want to see how you feel about it, uh, Scotty. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, AEW has gotten a lot of, like, WWE guys uh, and gals. um, But... You can't tell me with a straight face that Miro is worse than Rusev. Miro is so good. The He's gamer so good. Miro. The
2: gamer Miro made me want to kill someone. That's maybe but, fair. <laughs> but yes, I we're in agreement that the Redeemer Miro, the Miro that you know, I always think should have been from the start. Doesn't really matter clearly because he is perfectly fine the way he is now. Yeah. Um, that is by far the best version we've ever seen of Rusev Miro. Um, if I knew his real name, I'd say it, but I don't. So
0: I think I think it is Miro. I think it actually is legit. Uh, shoot Miro. Um, it, it's just he's so good. Malachi is good. Like the the aura of these two Drade guys. is
2: screwed by the way.
0: <laughs> like dude, I totally, he, agree. totally agree. Totally like, The hit job he, of Andrade has started.
2: Absolutely screwed because you have way too much, and he, to me, he has been uh, rather flat since joining the company uh, yeah, that might be a hot take I don't really care Uh I think it's cold I I think he needed that pack match like he yeah. needed that to show that like he matters but my god like Malachi Black hitting on all cylinders Miro hitting on all cylinders and uh, I don't know if you know this but they added two main eventers at the end of this show so like yeah and-
0: Andrade's stock just continues to yes. drop with like all these other people and it's like dude you got to Give us a five-star match, and then you yeah. can, we can talk you're, about it.
2: You're going to need to pull something out of your you-know-what to uh, make me care yeah. moving forward because I care more about talent that have already been in AEW, let alone the new talent that they've added in the past month past
0: day but <laughs> well, this is true
2: i was trying to give CM punk some love too of course
0: of course of course well let's go into the next match um I, but just that match was so good miro had to oh, it. Was. I, I, it was a perfect opener perfect like, that was opener perfect perfect opener per- so good uh speaking about beef we go into the next match john moxley against satoshi kojima oh, man, forbidden great, door open uh it only opens up wider as the match continues. What do you think about John Moxley, Satoshi Kojima, with Moxley uh, winning in 11 minutes and 52 seconds?
2: I thought this accomplished everything you wanted it to. Like, Kojima looked like a stud. The fact that Kojima is still doing what he's able to do at his age, and, you know, a certain company that he works for doesn't see that, it, it hurts me a little because he's still so good. And I thought he was the perfect, you know, first New Japan opponent for what seems to... what. Is looking to be Moxley's next couple months, yeah, in a sense, yeah, and it was just such a fun fight. Uh, I I didn't know how they these two were gonna lock up because, uh, you know, Moxley and Yuji Nagata had a chance to wrestle before their singles match, these two, off the top of my head, did not. Maybe they, you know, did some, uh light work in the ring or whatever but sure they never yeah. had a tag match or anything so i thought they exceeded my expectations again because you know i i was i liked the idea of the match but at the same time you got to be careful with these type of things because you just never know how they're going to mix but moxley man you want to talk about people that are better off uh he just is so in his game and i love that they've been able to give him something else without the title mm-hmm. i that i was a little worried about that because really i always felt like his run to when he lost until he lost the title was about the title like that's who moxley was yeah and the fact that he's able to just be this badass and you know he's gcw world champion and he is you know going to go wrestle nick gage somewhere else but he's also you know wrestling all these new japan legends because he can because he wants to and I'm assuming the end goal is him versus Tanahashi. That being said, you have so many talents from the New Japan roster in the States right now that you know, you don't know where we're going to go after what would be a fantastic surprise following this match.
0: Yeah, uh, John Moxley becoming the gatekeeper of the Forbidden Door to New Japan yes. is, is a very intriguing element. And I'm glad that they set it up that, that that exact way. I think you're right. I think the obvious end goal is Tanahashi because we've already sort of teased that right. that being the goal. But you're right. I It's, for me, it is completely about the journey here. This match, you know, I think, you know, it's not, this match wasn't going to be your four-star, five-star classic no. match. It's, it's Kojima, he's still old, you know, he's not, you know, I mean, even when we get to, like, Suzuki and Tanahashi, there's up, up there in years. The yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say it now before he kills me. Um, <laughs> before he stares daggers into my eyes. Um, but uh, Satoshi Kojima, you know, he still got it. And we talked about it before, protecting. This match protected Satoshi Kojima. Never able to hit the lariat, never able to hit his finisher. Maybe if he would have hit it, maybe he would have won the match. But be just the layout of this match being such that John Moxley is wearing down Kojima. Kojima uh, can't get his finisher on him. If he was able to do that, maybe he would have won it, but it, alas, it was Moxley that was able to put him down. And not just put him down, but had to use two of his own finishers to defeat Satoshi Kojima. It, mm-hmm. it took two Death Riders, took two paradigm shifts to put down Kojima. Um, so we're talking about protecting. This match was great, and obviously the post-match is even better as a fan of a Minoru Suzuki. After the match, Minoru Suzuki walks out. The Mafia boss, full regalia out, uh, comes out. Kazanina Ray playing on the loudspeakers. Uh, I just I, I, stood up, started pacing. You know, I'm a huge Minoru Suzuki fan. I love him. Um, he I talked about aura, aura earlier with Black and Miro. Pure Aura. Pure Aura, Minoru Suzuki is. And he, because he can also, like, back it up in the ring, too. And it's just. God, Scotty, he's just so good. Yeah. Uh, and then just sl- and Minoru- so Minoru Suzuki comes out. He comes out. They yell at each other. Sl- sl- you know, hit elbows at each other. Takes off his shirt. They're slapping each other's chest. Minoru Suzuki obviously gets blood from a uh, Moxie's elbow on his head. Uh, Minoru Suzuki takes him down. Pile drives him and stands over the corpse. Uh, stands over him, foot on him, saying, "This is who I am." And then. This upcoming Wednesday, we have a match. Oh, yeah. yeah
2: TK wasn't uh, holding back. He was like, You want it? You got it in Cincinnati, which is Moxie's hometown. And I think it's the perfect place, honestly. I think that's actually more perfect than holding it off till Grand Slam, which I, th- I think a lot of people uh, were hopeful for. And my take on this is that you have to have this show in Chicago. Like, Mm -hmm. I know, like, it's become almost a joke that, you know, AEW has so many shows in Chicago, but if this isn't in Chicago and this is in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, wherever you, you know, just name random, random decent place, like, you know, big city. I don't think it has nearly the best, nearly the reaction that it did, especially for someone like Minoru Suzuki, who every fan in that arena of Chicago knows who Minoru Suzuki like the pop the pop for Suzuki is I think what made it perfect yeah you need to have all let me give praise to Chicago right now they were on top of their game all night long like somehow they never lost steam the only time I felt they lost steam was at the beginning of the main event but they got back into it by the end and that's all you can ask for so Suzuki, Moxley, Two because we've seen it already. Uh, for those who you know want to go and check it out on New Japan World, very good match that was. Um, I think these two are just gonna have a war on dynamite, and if that doesn't excite you enough, you know we have plenty of you know first time on dynamite moments coming up as well. So that's gonna be great. Oh, man, it's just so great to be a wrestling fan. And I, I know this is like this, this <laughs> happened so early that I I almost forgot. Uh, not now. I clearly remember now, but like last night after like the main event and all that happened, I was like, "Holy fuck!" Minoru Suzuki also. Oh my god, we're on Twitch. I need to
0: stop. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. You can curse on Twitch. No worries.
2: Like, I was like, "Holy crap!"
0: Minoru Suzuki also showed up. Like, what is
2: happening? Like, there's so much greatness on this show, and you know, the the matches that I. The least height okay, one of them didn't deliver, but the next match, especially, I thought you know, all things considered, they somehow knocked it out of the park as well. And it's just unbelievable, unbelievable
0: what they were able to do. Perfect transition. Next match, Britt Baker defends her AEW Women's World title successfully against Chris Statlander 11 minutes and 31 seconds. Just keep the ball rolling, Scotty. Thoughts on this match?
2: Oh my god, I thought this was so. This was Britt Baker's second best match
0: in her a w career
2: uh chris statlander i i need to give her so much credit i think yeah. she is so good and her future is so bright like she will be a w women's world champion i think she's still putting certain things together in terms of yeah. her character and whatnot but when it comes to the in-ring stuff she's one of their best like her mix of athleticism and power mm-hmm not many people can do what she does on that roster for the uh, women. And Keith Lee-like? I, oh, I like that. I mean, she's not, like, yeah. big like Keith Lee. Like, she's she's ripped out of her mind. Like, yeah. yeah. They, they bring up, like, how her legs are, like, absolute, like, rock solid. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. because, like, she's able to do, like, ridiculous things. And I think Chris Statlander, like I said, going to have a very bright future. And I thought this was a good spot for her despite – Uh, people not having the highest of hopes. And Britt, you know, we got to give credit where credit's due. She has become the star the women's division needed. Uh, I know some weeks it's not always like her promos can be a little bit repetitive, but she has, she's everything they needed her to be. Yeah. Like credit where credit's due. The dentist got over. The dentist is the perfect champion. And uh, I, I had a, discussion with someone yesterday which i actually do agree with that you know the way they've had to hold off the thunder rosa match has been a little weird because it's not to me it's not long-term booking at this point to me it's just two separate stories because having thunder rosa essentially just not say anything about Britt baker as AEW women's world champion kind of looks foolish it's not like hangman like hangman's scared to -hmm. go for the title like that was his story He's scared of failure. Thunder Rosa ain't scared of failure. Thunder Rosa doesn't care. Like, that's my whole thing. Um,
0: and it's not like she's she's not distracted or anything. There's no, like, no. she's not doing anything. She's just on dark, you know? Right,
2: exactly. Like, she has nothing going on. Like, she should be like, yeah, I want the damn belt. Yeah. Um,
0: she's, but, I think she's ranked number two, even. I, I think yeah. now she's probably ranked number one after
2: she was, for that. She was, one after, um, she was ranked number one after... She was ranked number one after Britt Baker won the title. So I yeah. was like, uh, how are we going to avoid this? Yeah, Because like I know they've done ways to have Hangman avoid it. Um, but they just—they were just like, yeah, she's number two now because we just can't have her win. Um, they're definitely holding that off for something. I'm surprised they didn't do this pay-per-view. I think they're doing full gear. I don't think you can wait much longer, in my opinion. Because I think if you ha- – but that's risky also because those are two – well, it's not risky. You got two major matches and Kenny versus Hangman and Britt versus Rosa. Like those are two money matches and then yeah, you have the rest of the roster to make a match with too. Don't get me wrong. Uh but I wanna go back to this match real quick. It was great. It continued the momentum. I thought they were in a tough spot following Minoru Suzuki's, you know, AEW debut, and they were able to get the fans into it and deliver.
0: Yes. Um i'm just looking up again because you mentioned full gear they actually pushed they announced during this pay-per-view that they pushed my color on my screen my webcam you good, you're good. Is so bad <laughs> i need to figure yeah. it out i need to get like a better lighting system here um they actually they announced on the show that they pushed full gear back a whole week um is it a whole week they pushed it back from november 6th to the 13th yeah because the uh, ufc ah that explains it um yes yeah, so a whole week um yeah, but even then, that's a very long time away, and I don't know if you want to hold that off for so long. Well, you have Ruby. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> No, you can try not of, to spoil. I know, but like I like spoil to what? These, the people who are like, listening to this. I like
2: to hype these things up when we get to the moment.
0: You like. don't have to spoil anything. We are literally uh, if you're listening to this, more than likely you watched the pay-per-view. More yeah. than likely if you listen to this you're like, so, "Oh, I'm a I'm wrestling so fan." I'm
2: excited to talk about like the actual moment that I don't want to like take away from it. But uh did you you enjoy this match, correct?
0: Yes. I think this match um on Statlander's point. I think Britt did her job um I think Britt, you know, obviously I think Britt is one of those people that she still needs someone that is really good to love, elevate mm. her up. Um, you know, like a Thunder Rosa. Um, I don't think she's, she's, she's all the way there, but this match was really great. Mm. Um, Chris Statlander, just, I, I think, when I think of Chris Statlander, I think of the AEW World Women's World title match that she was in at Revolution, I believe, of 2020, of last year. Um, where I think she was facing Riho for the title, and that match was bad. That match was yeah. real bad. And it, for the most part, it was bad because of Chris Atlander. And we're talking a year later, a really bad injury later, just the level of improvement is there. Mm-hmm. Is she? Is she, you know, title contender right now? I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. she still has a little bit more left to learn and get under control and figure out. But she's on her way. And right. you can see that she's on her way just a year and a half later. And I think that that really goes to show this match. Well,
2: I think everyone should take into account she's only 26. Like there is time. Like, yeah. There is time for her. And I think she, I think if you told me she was champion two years from right now, I would absolutely believe you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move into the next match, which was in a steel cage. Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix, with of course the great manager that is Alex Arahantes, uh defeating the Young Bucks Matt and Nick Jackson uh, f- to win the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Uh, what a moment this match was! Right, stacks you know smack dab in the middle of the pay per view, huge moment. We get the Lucha Brothers entrance, we get the match itself. We get the 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 emotional uh, ending, you know you, that motion continuing to the media scrum later in the night between Phoenix and Penta. Just you could see how much this moment meant to Phoenix and Pentagon. Um, and boy howdy, when Phoenix is always great, but when Penta's got when Penta's got that drive, oh man, Penta's good. Penta's so good. He's crisp. He's great. And this this match is great. This match was, to me, match of the night, easily.
2: I don't. Okay, so. Oh no! (laughs) No, no, no. Trust me, this is good. I don't rate matches, um, nicely. If that makes sense, like I don't hand out things because that's just how I watch. Like I'm. We're we're critical. We're critical. Yeah, critical in a good way. Like I expect greatness. And with that, with that comes, I don't give out many five-star matches. Like, you have to blow me away. Guess what? They blew me away. I thought this match was everything that makes tag team wrestling amazing. Because tag team wrestling can be just as good as a singles match if you have the right people and to me this smashed both of their AEW matches previously i thought this was far and away better than the latter match um i i probably better than their regular match as well like (laughs) i don't think i need to go and say that um you put in four talents that one have worked with each other before Mm -hmm. but it's been time two have an understanding of their current role their current characters because i think the young bucks turning heel has been a god like it has been everything for them because they put together what i think is the perfect form of the young bucks they're good at getting heel heat they are fantastic they the chance of the fans that which i'm not going to say it would bleep the young bucks like it was perfect um the heel heat in this match I thought was perfect because everyone, from the moment the entrances started, wanted the Lucha Bros to walk out as tag team champions. Saro Miedo was literally ringing yeah. through the arena from start to finish. Yeah, And Penta, like you said, was on the top of his game. Phoenix, I don't think takes an off day. That man's just absurd. Like, there's a reason he gets hurt more than too many times. <laughs> like, you know what? Who cares about my body? I'm just going to, you know, do this and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. But Penta, Penta, there's a reason people love Penta. I am one of them. He has this almost unmatched charisma in a way. He doesn't speak a lick of English, and that's that's one of my favorite things about him, actually. It's just like, yeah, I don't need to learn it. Um, But everything he does, you just gravitate towards. And he was on the very top of his game. The blood going down his face under the mask, and his entire mask is just red. Oh, my God. Like, what an image. And the Young Bucks were just such perfect pricks they're just so good at that so when you have these two lucha stars who might be the two biggest right now like if you you can go down a long list lucha is very healthy right now to say the least these two and the young bucks had one of the best tag team matches i have ever seen i want to hear it i want to hear it
0: what's your star rating for this match Five stars. Woo! I should have I should have a I should have a, a soundboard that goes off. You should. You should. Hold on, well, hold on. I, we could do that again. We could do that again clean. Uh we can again uh, no. uh, uh. Uh. uh where is it? Uh is it this one? Yeah. Do it again. Hey, hey, Scotty, what's your what's your rating for this match? Five stars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like Ah oh, man, and I don't. I only have three five star matches this year, and yeah. two of them have come in the past month, which is you know telling. The uh, we never got to talk about the other one, but uh, the other one was Walt and uh, Mr. Dragonov, which is just a, a completely different match from this. And that's the beauty of professional wrestling, people. Yes, this tag match was insane, and you knew it was going to be insane. But I love this cage. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I, 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 like that's a random thing because i hate steel cage matches like i do not like them and i think that's more wwe to blame more than anything and i don't really want to blame them i just think the idea of a steel cage match isn't always the most interesting but their cage aw's cage is more like a mix of the steel cage and hell in a cell in a sense because it's a little bit taller um it has openings on the side like the wrestlers can fit between the apron and the mm-hmm. uh cage yeah and it just looks massive and it's amazing and phoenix's dive from the top which we all knew was gonna happen was picture perfect it was like do you remember how like they all uh WWE often shows when ray mysterio jumped from the cage yeah like that's what i felt when i watched that i was like this is the type of moment you play in your replay packages of what makes AEW great that that's what makes it great you you show that video time and time again um i could watch these two teams wrestle and the fact that the lucha bros now are champions they're going to go and have matches with lax i'm going to call them lax for life i don't really care um the private party would be a great combo ftr 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 is going to be a very unique one i think um But I think, you know, the money match clearly down the line will be when Santana Ortiz and the Lucha Brothers go head-to-head for the first time since their feud in impact, which brought impact eyes at one time. So, Mm -hmm. tag team wrestling, man. This was
0: the match of the night by far. I thought this match was great. I did have... I'm not as high as you on this match. That's fine.
2: That's fine.
0: I thought this match was great. I thought... Uh, there, I, I very nitpicky things and it's just that I'm, you know, I'm, and this goes back to, you know, I don't know if I did audio. I think we did audio of Mikey and I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, I'm one of those people that's not a huge fan of like when you're doing the same spot right next to each other. And it's just like, well, why don't you just stop? Oh, okay. your, I'm not a huge fan of those spots. I also noticed the trend of them basically using the same cell wall. And I don't remember that from the Cody Wardlow thing, so I don't know if it was a camera thing or not. But they just kept going back to the same cell wall over and over again, the same side of the cell. And yeah, I was, was j- I just kind of got like slightly annoyed by that. <laughs> but I understand that those are very nitpicky. And yeah. you know, that's that that's I know where I sit in that regard. But I think this match was great. This match, the I was still a notebook match nonetheless. The the barbed wire tack not barbed wire, but the tacked um uh, Jordan's uh on the Young Bucks used again, brought back um from I forget when the last time they used an AEW, but brought back from that last moment. Hmm. Um great moment the sacrifice play from the older brother from Penta stepping in at the last second, right as before Phoenix is gonna get hit in the face with it. Great moment. Just the Young Bucks and it's it's obvious to me that it is a Young Bucks trope when it comes to match layout, they know how to slip in an emotional moment of the match. It's not, obviously they can do work great. Obviously they can do some cool spot where someone jumps off the top of the cage or, you know, they kick someone in the face with a shoe that made it as full of tax. But the emotion is what's great to me about this is that you can feel it. You can sense it. You're there with them in the moment and I'm just so thankful what? and I, and I can't be more thankful of Alex Aberhante's putting this team together. Just make it being the greatest manager of all time. Get, did, you just,
2: did, it, you, that, did you just say he put the two brothers together?
0: Look, yeah, because <laughs> if, if you know, he got, he got a uh, Penta and then he put Phoenix back into the fold with Penta and then they, they went on to win championships. They didn't win titles until Alex Aberhantes was involved with them. So, oh, you know, sure. it, it, it's a little bit on Alex on, on his plate. Yeah,
2: they, they definitely haven't won titles in every promotion they've ever been in <laughs> at all. No, definitely not. Uh, you know, I, I can understand nitpicks. And I think, you know, If you look at my spreadsheet and you look at his spreadsheet, there's going to be agreements and disagreements with ratings. Sure. But in the end of the day, this was a great wrestling match. And, you know, you don't, I know like star ratings bother people. So just literally, like, this is like the ultimate recommendation for me. Just watch this match because I think without the heel heat, the heel like five, eight minutes or so that the young bucks do i don't think it reaches the point of that high for me because it what they brought storytelling into a match that you know you look at the two teams you don't necessarily need it to have a great match and that's what changes it for me is that you know and and the emotion at the end when they're celebrating with the family and like that was just the perfect way to end this because when you can feel how special it is for them like as a fan you can enjoy that and to think that this is just like the only it's just the beginning it's just we're just not even close to being at the end of this ridiculousness
0: Uh, let's keep the train rolling. Uh, speaking of train, Destination AEW indeed. Ruby Soho debuts in AEW as a signed wrestler and goes on to win the Women's Casino Battle Royale where she will go on to have a match against Britt Baker. Probably Arthur Ashe, one would think. Makes the most sense. Um, what do you think of one, obviously, Ruby debut, not the debut, obviously, but the Ruby Soho coming and what her role can be in AEW, but also the match itself. Uh, Let's maybe start with the match itself. Uh,
2: The match itself, you know, Battle Royals are clunky messes that are never going to be, you know, these in-ring classics, but it gets the job done. Uh, The the only things I was bothered by was the thing, I guess Reho slipped, so I can't blame them for that. Um, Because I, I was like, what when she fell out i was like really uh so i can't get mad about that but hikaru shida man like she feels like such an afterthought after holding their title and having the longest reign in the history of the company and without her this women's division is not where it is right now like i Mm -hmm. will put that out there like she carried them through the toughest of days to get them to where they are now Um, So I guess that was my, like, one nitpick from that. Like, she could have shined better. Um, But them teasing Cargill versus Nyla is interesting to me. I think that was one of the bigger things I took out of this because, Mm -hmm. like, those are your two monsters of the division. Um, Cargill undefeated, Nyla, former AEW Women's World Champion, And the match isn't going to be great, but it's going to be a spectacle of sorts because I think that's what Jade Cargill brings to the table. And I think putting anyone in there that, you know, is the height and, you know, can, can make, can be more menacing is tempting. Um, But man, the pop for Ruby, I thought was like, it was one of my favorite moments from the show because I've long been a Ruby Ruby fan. Uh she she always delivered more than she ever needed to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um she her signing with WWE was like you know, good for her. They're never going to recognize the talent that she has. They yeah. ne- but they put her in championship matches to give certain wrestlers some of their best matches. She became a is it fast lane either fast lane or elimination chamber two years in a row she was the last defense for a champion going into wrestlemania yes. and she had a great match with ronda rousey which you know that's an accomplishment i think by ruby because R- ronda was not a wrestler like yeah. she she had good matches don't get me wrong but ruby had to be great to make that happen Um, I think she had a great match with Charlotte as well. And I liked the Riot squad a lot. I always thought that Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan not winning the tag team titles was one of, like, the dumbest things you could have. Like, that was an easy moment for the fans to enjoy. Uh, But I am so happy that she is in AEW. Like, she, more than some, not, we'll get to the others later, but more than, like, other people that, uh, fans want a w bring in like mm-hmm. she felt like the perfect fit she was a name to put on that women's division roster which they needed so desperately she is instantly one of their top workers mm-hmm. and she's a fresh face in the division that is going to be a key player for them yeah she's gonna give Britt baker a good match i i honestly believe that because that's how good she is like, yes you said it earlier, like Brit needs someone to bring her to a great match. That's what Ruby Soho can do. um And seriously, like, God bless that Chicago crowd for knowing right off the bat when that song hit, it was Ruby. Like, yeah, because not everyone hears Rance's Ruby Soho and like instantly knows what the hell's going on. God bless them for knowing that because it was a special moment for her that she has so long deserved.
0: Yeah, no, I think this match, you know, this match was a battle royal. I, you know, I was intrigued by some of the elements. I was very intrigued to see how Jade Cargill would do in this mm. battle royal. Um, yeah. and I understand it's battle royals and they're just people elbowing each other in the corner. But yeah. just, because, <laughs> j- j- just because Jade Cargill is such a uh, green for lack of a better word wrestler and that her matches are very short and they're put together very. Oh, basically. Remind me.
2: I have a question for you after
0: this. Okay. Um, Jade Cardo, I think is, has, you know, I was interested to see what she sort of does when just, just a battle Royal, like "Eh, anything can happen mentality. And I have to remember all my things. And I was very interested to see that done. I wish there was more stuff from everybody else. Um, uh, -hmm. sky blue gets this monster pop. So expect that contract announcement soon. Uh, just on <laughs> just on pop alone, um, but I think you're right in Ruby Soho. Uh, I think I don't know if I would have gone with her to get the win, but I, I think agree. I think you're right in the sense that I don't think she's gonna win the title against Britt Baker. I think she is someone that she has always been um, to elevate the champion to a better status through that match yes. output. Um, cause once that match happens, then Soho can go off. Maybe Soho teams a Thunder Rosa against Cardgill and, uh, Nyla Rose, since Thunder Rosa is also kind of weirdly involved in that whole situation. Yeah. But I think Soho is someone much like a Brian Danielson. Um, Kind of, kind of like a Serena D, but Serena D doesn't have ne- quite necessarily the star power beyond Ruby that.
2: Ruby versus Serena D, oh. that
0: would also be great. But Ruby has that star power and that's that technical skill that can elevate the entire roster. Yes, uh, that is very much needed because a lot of these people are still very green, or they just need something that can help take them over. I think Ruby can help achieve I- that.
2: I, I think when Ruby gets her moment of winning a title, which I think will happen, you know, someday it'll be a really special moment. Like that'll be an emotional moment for fans watching because like I, have uh, like I said, she has, she has like this emotional pull. I think that um, it's hard for wrestlers to get and, you know, all things considered and what her career was in WWE, she made the best of it and uh, she, is just such a great addition. You had a question? Yes. Uh
0: who are your
2: top five workers in the women's division for AEW right now? With Ruby part of the roster.
0: And, am I including Ruby in there? Yes. But, Unless you don't think she's top five. But. <laughs> I, well, I I did I did have a comment about Ruby in that I think Ruby in this match was okay. Yeah, I think I mean, she was uh, okay. I think Ruby has to like many people coming out of that promotion has to relearn a little bit more mm-hmm. in sense, you know, I remember I believe it was Kenta that said that like once he got to new Japan, he had to relearn how to wrestle a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think she has to get a little bit of that WWE stink all, yeah. off of her and then she'll be back into it. Oh, agreed. So I don't know if she's in top 5 now, but let me just think. Off time I had Thunder Rosa definitely. I think Thunder Rosa definitely. I would say I would I'll to- say I'll
2: toss names out there for you too if you need them.
0: Sure. sure. toss names and I'll say maybe Uh yes Riho? No.
2: Riho, Serena Deeb. Uh... Deeb, yes.
0: Serena Deeb, yes. Thunder Rosa, yes. Riho. I would say yes, but Riho doesn't necessarily elevate everyone. And I think that's just because of her style and stature. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a good worker. Um, I think well, I mean, uh, you
2: could you could put Sheena. I think she has has some good matches with the likes of Anila Rose, who others have not. Um, but her match with Britt Baker isn't great. But I'm not going to blame her I would on say,
0: that. I would say maybe Jamie Hader.
2: Yeah, Jamie Hader's
0: yeah. in mine, by the and, way. And Chris, like, she's easily in mine. And Chris, I would also say there. But the problem is with all of these people, except maybe Ruby, Deeb, and Rosa. I think almost all of these women's and the, women in the division are people that need someone else to help elevate them. Hmm. Is that a? Is that a? Is that a? I don't feel do that way
2: with Jamie Hader. Personally, I think she is a
0: star. Like, I think that's fair. You've watched her, more Jamie Hater than I have, definitely.
2: Yeah, and I—I I mean, her her one match with Red Velvet Moon Salt aside <laughs> was pretty good for a first match back. Um, and I thought she looked actually really good in the Battle Royal. Like, she was one of the people I noticed looked really good, and she sells things like death, that, so yeah. that's always that's never a bad thing. Um, so like, she's a future star she mm-hmm. remains there. Um, I I'm with you, Deeb, I feel like it's an automatic. Thunder Rose is an automatic. Um, I put Riho and then I probably would put Ruby just based off. I've seen a lot. I've seen her have um good to great matches many more times than I've seen other people. I mean, Emmy Sakura is a living legend. I probably should put her in there, but she has not done lit- anything in AEW for me to say that. Um, and that's just because I think, she, like, like I said, she's she's probably there more to help people train, and than anything else. Because if you don't know, she's trained Riho and Hikaru Shida, for example, and yeah. those two are one of the top stars. But man, they have like a top ten now of like just huge talent, whether it be great in the ring, charismatic, or just star power. Like you got like. Yeah we said it jade brit um the five that we've named cheetah i'm just blanking but they have a lot of good talent and i think this is a good start i if you bring in someone like mercedes martinez next Mm -hmm. i think she can help uh, i think she makes a lot of sense to sign because it's another veteran to add to your ranks that people know um and I like that they're building up young stars that some people don't know, like Chris Statlander yep. and Jade's going to be a huge star for them. She's still green. She's still getting there, but this battle Royal for me showed me a lot, like how much talent they do have mm-hmm. compared to two years ago when they did this. Yeah. Like there's, there's, it, there's a lot of bona fide talent in there. Uh, it's bright. Like I know the men's, the men's division, um, is just, you know, filled with these proven former world champions that are just, you know, out of this world. But the women's division is getting there, and the only way for them to make stars is to keep pushing them. And Thunder Rosa, to me, is probably their best all-around competitor. Mm-hmm. So when she finally wins that belt,
0: it'll be good for everyone as a whole. Yes. Yes. During that entire monologue, I was just getting attacked by cat oh, after I, cat. Oh I, oh, I could tell. I could tell. <laughs>
2: uh, what is What is the next match on the card that I can't think Oh,
0: Chris fuck. Jericho versus MJF, the final fight. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. You know what? Just you can go. Um, I'm not going to necessarily. I mean, Q, the obvious answer is obviously Q-Team. What is this cat doing? Tucker oh my god, what are you doing, Tucker? Tucker just so I have like a second dual monitor over here and like behind it is like a bookshelf sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And Tucker just crawled underneath the T V, almost knocking shit over, and just now he's just hanging out back there. Uh just sniffing things. What a weirdo. Um this match, obviously, you know, there's it's the correct answer is QT Marshall and Paul White. But I think even then that match wasn't offensive. This match was um One of the weaker matches on the card, and I think it is in part to being disappointing. Is the word? Um, Not over, not overhyped, but just (sighs) expectations were higher, and I was let down. I thought this, I thought their match, their five, their fifth labor match was actually way better. Um, I thought this match was not that great, and. I am not happy about the outcome as well. I think the outcome is, to me, maybe the more interesting discussion to have. If you don't want to have a discussion about the match, which is fair. Oh, I'm going to talk about the match. Oh, there we go. But I think one of the more interesting discussions is just the outcome of this match. Through Chris Jericho gets the win, is able to keep wrestling in AEW. Yeah. Um, but where? What's next? Where do we go with him? Does he go back for the title? Do we break up inner circle? Even though we already teased like them hating each other like last summer or last year or whatever? Do we break up amicably? If that's the case, still the question is where does Chris Jericho go now? I think I don't know. You know, I don't I, I don't understand it. I don't think this match was that good. I think MJF did a good job in this match, but I just don't think this match landed what it was trying to do.
2: I did not like this match. And I need to set an understanding here is that I have not enjoyed the story for months. I have not cared about MJF versus Chris Jericho for months because This has been the longest told story, like blatantly told story on TV for almost a year. Maybe it is a year. I don't really eh, know. All out. No, it was a little bit after all out that it started last year. Mm -hmm. And never for a moment have I felt, you know what? This is really good story. This is really getting people over. No, to me, I understand this was to get MJF to a higher standard, which is great good for you and i i like chris jericho a lot i like so much of his work Uh, i i do consider him one of the best all time Mm -hmm. that being said the only result here that would have made sense was mjf winning yeah because then the story is just like oh we did all this just for him to get a win great and like this this story cannot continue. This it needs to be done now. Yeah. Because I can't watch another Inner Circle versus Pinnacle. I cannot watch another Jericho versus MJF match. I can't, I don't care. I haven't cared forever. And I know a lot of people were looking forward to this match. There was a lot of people that have enjoyed this story. But when you look at everything AEW has been doing, mm-hmm. this is absolutely on the bottom of the totem pole for me like i do not care the match stunk the finish was terrible of be like giving me the false finish that mjf won just for like a referee to be like yeah i saw his foot on the rope like shut up like who cares just whatever
0: this big big dusty finish hater over here
2: oh I like dusty finishes, but this was a terrible one because
0: I think I think it was every, a good pop that woke up the crowd. This, this was <laughs> promise the match the made the same crowd quiet,
2: as when CM Punk beat The Rock in at the Royal Rumble, and then they were like, "Nah, let's just restart the match." Like that was clunky and bad. This was clunky and bad. I don't like it. I just happy the story's over. Um, what does Jericho do next? I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care (laughs) about what he does next. I don't care about what the inner circle does next. I don't know what's next for Jericho because truthfully told, he hasn't had a great match in a while.
0: Yes. Agreed. Plain and simple. And that's
2: not a shot at him. He's older and they're having him wrestle like on a weekly basis. He should not be doing that. He should be more of a special attraction by now. And When I say special attraction, I don't mean he doesn't, He doesn't need to be on TV cutting promos. He can do that, you know, from time to time. But he's wrestled like seven times in the past month and a half. That is too much Chris Jericho wrestling in 2021. I'm sorry. It just is. It's just a story I don't care about. And this match
0: somehow under-delivered on my already low expectations. Do you think this match elevated mjf at all
2: no i i think the story should have always been mjf and sammy guevara because those are your future talents and they had a great match i want to put that out there they had a great match i think once you moved on from the jericho stuff which i thought we did forever ago um it was fine and after he beat him in the final labor that should have been it. There yeah. should have been no reason to have a final match. The understanding was, I just can't live with never beating MJF. Like, yes, you can. Who cares? Like, who? It. it this was my one gripe of what was a fantastic show. Yeah. I just wasn't. I didn't care for this. I actually celebrated when MJF won because I was like, yeah, the the non predictable thing happened, and then they did exactly what everyone expected them to do and restarted the match and. MJF tapped out to the walls of Jericho like little loser who taps out to the walls of Jericho in 2021 people haven't tapped out to the walls of Jericho since like 2005 like come on like that has not been Jericho's finisher forever it's been the code breaker and the Judas effect
0: they're they even. I was hoping that they would at least, if Jericho's winning, at least you know implement implement some ideas from the five labors. So like Jericho does the spinning Judas effect from the top rope. That would've been cool. And Jeff
2: looked like a chump, by yeah. the way. Yeah.
0: Like the final
2: labor of Jericho was he can't use the Judas effect, which in part is the reason he won that match. Mm-hmm. This had nothing and he tapped he didn't even lose to the juice effect he tapped out to the walls of jericho in 2021 yeah Just oh man it did this match did less for mjf than it could have ever like i thought the labor where he made jericho tap out did a world of good because he made jericho tap out but yeah. now it's just like whatever who cares just move on mjf go do something else please for the love of god i don't know what you're going to do but go do something else jericho i don't whatever go off buddy uh keep keep enjoying your retirement
0: yeah the the frustrating thing is where do we what does this result take us to if if this is presumably the end of the rivalry you know, where does MJF go? Where does the Pinnacle go? Does anyone remember the Pinnacle? Where do they go? Where are they going from here? They don't they have to fight a new top babyface faction. Is that the Dark Order? I don't you know what's ha- what's happening here. Right. The inner circle top fa- babyface guys. Honestly makes sense for them to maybe go after uh the elite, you know? Maybe that that makes sense. Um uh that would be fun to have some of those matches, but you know, even then we kind of last summer did FTR and uh Young Bucks and all that jazz, so Sammy Guevara, Adam Cole would be fun. Um you know, but you know, I I don't know if I want to see Jericho in the world title picture now. I don't know what I want oh, I don't wanna see Jericho <laughs> in this thing. I would have loved to see him take the time off, do mm-hmm. a Fozzie tour, and yep. then Sammy Guevara beats MJF to reinstate uh, Jericho or something. That that could be fun. This is
2: where WWE booking should have taken over. And God forbid I say that. But, like, (laughs) they should have been willing to admit they can do a swerve here. And I know, like, they like to live by that, like, not giving Cody a world title match and whatever. But this is one of those things where you easily should have done that because this is pro wrestling like that that is it's born into this let him go on tour let him take a break like that would do the world of help for Jericho That's that's why Jericho has been so relevant for the past decade Mm -hmm. because even in his older age he has come back refreshed people have wanted to see him he has rebuilt himself he doesn't have that luxury over the past two years he has not had a stop and i think until this pinnacle feud he was doing really good in my opinion like he was doing a lot of good work his him as aw world champion was perfect like I, I can't stress enough how late champion on was a perfect thing like for AEW as a whole uh but i just need to uh this was the one bad part of a great show
0: Let's move into the next match. CM Punk returns after seven years away from the wrestling ring to face and defeat Darby Allen in 16 minutes and 44 seconds. He's bringing out the long boys, too. Bringing out those long boy pants out there, too. What uh, was
2: Terry Funk-like?
0: I've, I think that's exactly what he was going for, is that Terry Funk-like. Uh, I, I think this was a good match. Was this, uh, to me, a great match or a five-star classic? No. It's very similar to Kojima stuff, where the psychology and the layout was perfect. I think Punk, Punk has never been known as like a phenomenal worker guy, but what he brings to the show is psychology and brings match layout and obviously talking and star power. So having this match, uh, you know, he's he's got ring rust. It's going to take him a bit to get it back. And once he gets it back, then we'll get, get some more punk. I saw shades of old punk in there though. And I think we can, we can get there. But to be fair, I, when I see him wrestle, I still see like Phil Brooks like a little bit. it's like, I like, I'm like, he's not entirely seeing a punk to me yet when I see him wrestle uh, I think maybe the long boys in the age isn't is really what's playing into it because it's be like the uh, long
2: boys most of all, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but I have to remember that this is something new, and that I have to open myself to that. But with that said, this match was still good. This match layout was great. I love that Darby controlled the beginning of the match um, over over the older ring rusted CM Punk. Um, but I'm talking too much. You are the, uh, for lack of a better term, the CM Punk Mark, Scotty. Please, what did it feel like to watch CM Punk wrestle for the first time in seven plus years?
2: It, it was it was surreal, man. Like I I knew going into this there was gonna be some rust because there shouldn't not be. He hasn't wrestled in seven and a half years. Yeah, but all things considered, this was a home run. You know, like coming out of this match everything went perfectly like I think as the match went on you saw more of CM Punk than Phil Brooks like you said like you started to yeah. see why he became what he became like everything he did my moment of the match personally was when he sat up for the coffin drop Yes. just left. Like, that was, I was like, that's CM Punk. Yes. That's exactly, like, that is CM Punk at its core. Everything about that was great. But, man, he he ended up doing really good at taking the beating as well, I think, when Darby finally kicked it into gear. Um, You know, seeing that, they've never wrestled before. Uh, He took the dive of Darby, which, you know, He's went on record saying he's the best, perfectly. Um, Darby's just insane. Like we, I gotta give Darby some credit because I was, I was hyping up uh, Punk when I was, you know, writing about it yesterday. But I was like, listen, Darby was the perfect first opponent. Like that's it, it made all the sense because he can do a lot of the work while Punk looks good. And I thought the closing to this match was fantastic. Uh you know, the Mist. He missed Coffin Drop, the attempt of The Last Supper, which I honestly did believe that might have been it because
0: mm-hmm.
2: The Last Supper is not usually kicked out of. Um, and Darby sold the GTS like death. Yeah. Like that.
0: Both of them. Perfect. Both of them. Yeah. Like I,
2: I loved his first sell on it when he fell out of the ring. And then I thought the second one was great too. Um, this match could have been the worst match on the show and it was still going to be good. Because it was in Chicago. CM Punk was wrestling a freaking wrestling match. And it it everything about it was just perfect. Uh, it wasn't the match of the night. It wasn't, uh, like you said, a five-star classic. But it did the job. And the uh, paying of respects at the end was perfect. CM Punk celebrating was perfect. He played to the crowd like he never missed a moment. And it it was it was a great start to his return to the ring.
0: It was it made me happy to watch. Yes. Yes. I mean, I
2: anyone that has ever been a CM Punk fan had to enjoy that last night. Like the fact that he's back. Like I'm never going to be angry about what he does because the it, it, I'm just going to enjoy that he's back. I think that I think that's something I felt with Daniel Bryan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he's able to wrestle again mm-hmm. is why I'm happy. Um you know, we're going to get to that. But yeah. there's a lot to go into there. Uh but this was a spectacle. That's what this match was.
1: Yeah.
2: It it was more about it happening than the result. But I thought they had a I thought they had a good match anyways. Like that also was important.
0: Where do you think um, Punk and Darby go from here? Are we seeing tag team in the future?
2: I could see them do a tag team. I could see Punk team with Sting and Darby for a match maybe. Trio's titles, someone. baby. <laughs> like, I could see it go a number of ways. Uh, Punk is an interesting person in the book because there are so many moving parts right now, but you have to have him on your show. I don't think he will be on every episode of every show like he has been. I think um, it'll be smart to, you know, keep him off a show or two Mm -hmm. once in a while because you don't want to overdo it. And there's still and he I think he recognizes there's still so much talent that needs to be on the show. So, you know, he's not going to be on Rampage and Dynamite every single week again like that. That was for the lead up. Now he can miss Rampages. uh, He can miss a Dynamite here or there. Uh, but he'll probably be, he'll probably at least get a backstage promo on dynamites at the very least
0: moving forward. I thought to myself real quickly I was like does CM Punk have a match at Arthur Ashe and I was like no nah, he probably won't have a singles match cuz it's it's a TV show after all they're going to have like five maybe six matches probably yeah. five. I could see him have a match if it's like a tag. Oh, what about this? CM Punk, Sting, Darby Allen versus Daniel Garcia in 2.0. That's very possible. I feel like that's something they've been building too.
2: And I think that would be perfect for whether it be Arthur Ash or not, uh, because like we said, Spectacle, uh, Sting and CM Punk teaming together, that's, itself and you know god bless daniel garcia and 2.0 they have been the perfect uh like mini foil to this feud and that that's definitely matches they're going to do i think that's a good call because you know they've been working together Mm -hmm. and once you have that tag match you can move them into a different direction
0: yeah paul white qt marshall do you think our discussion about this match will last longer than the match itself for three minutes no, it, it accomplished exactly what it needed to
2: accomplish. It didn't feel embarrassing. Um, Big Show does not need to wrestle that much in AEW. I'm sorry, he just does not. He doesn't. I, unless I he's, losing, I don't think
0: he can move. I don't think he can move. No, no. Did he take and a single bump? I don't. I don't think I don't, so. I don't recall like, him. I,
2: unless he's going to lose to like a young monster, I don't see much plus. Besides, I guess having his name on the marquee, but like, no offense, Paul White is not as big as the Big Show. Like, everyone still calls him the Big Show, no matter what. Um, It was just whatever. Who cares? Did this match make you
0: excited for Paul White versus Billy Gunn? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so to the
2: main event here we we go.
0: Your main event, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW World title. Scotty, what thoughts in this match? I thought it was really good. Like, Christian Cage and Kenny
2: are world-class talents. Like, when it comes to the traditional skills of professional wrestling, they both got it down. And Kenny... I, I tweeted this out like Kenny is a one of the handful of wrestlers in wrestling today where any match that they have I'm excited for because I feel like they've managed to still make Kenny special into the sense that oh what is, what is Omega going to do in this match and I thought Christian Cage went all out no pun intended to uh, to show that he still he he can deliver on this big stage he was you know diving through tables he got like literally impaled at one point yeah um he made you believe he could win kenny selling the kill switch like death is never a bad thing either uh i thought it was really good i thought i think people probably are still a little sour that it wasn't hangman but it didn't need to be hangman it shouldn't have been hangman i thought christian cage for what Happened after the match was the perfect opponent.
0: Yes, I think the match itself, uh, Christian Cage handled his own. I don't Mm. think, I don't think the match. I liked the Rampage match more. I don't Mm. think this match was was better for it. For the the Rampage match or the All Out? Yeah, the Rampage match. I I I agree. I think yes. I think this match wasn't exactly. What we all thought they could do because there there was a a solid contingent of people that believe that you know, following their rampage match, that they left stuff on the table and that they can go after that, yeah. And I don't think they necessarily achieved that. It's still a good match, still a very, very good match, but I the expectation was great, and I don't know if it necessarily got there for me. You know what hurt them? I think
2: it's the fact that no one believed Christian could win I think that hurt a lot because their first match you believed he could win and that made for a better match like that end made for a better feeling and success rate Uh, Mm. going into this match you didn't ever think Christian Cage was going to become the AEW world champion not for a second and I think that whenever a match does that it hurts it uh, like for MJF versus Jericho, for example, like that hurt that that you knew Jericho was probably going to win. Um, so when you can save predictability, or whether it be predictability or exciting finish, I think predictability is okay if you have an exciting finish. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks.
0: Yes, that's interesting thought because the obviously the booking idea here was that you know you have. Christian Cage defeat Kenny Omega so that that can give you a better idea of, oh, maybe Christian can win and win the AEW title. But well, you're sort of saying that it did the opposite effect where it's like it it's for the impact title. So, yeah, I, I can see Christian winning. But right. for the AEW title, no. And and even then, once Christian won it, you're like, I don't I think to be fair, I think that is partly the 50 50 booking in everyone's brains that like, yeah. oh, yeah, Kenny Omega is going to get the win back. That's fine. Right. Which, yeah, I, I, I sort of agree with that there. Yeah. Uh
2: it doesn't really matter what happened in the match because everything after this overshadowed pretty much everything that happened on the three and a half hours before this, which is so sad to say because it was a fantastic show. If you don't get these surprises at the end, this is still potentially AEW's best pay-per-view. Yes. Like that's how good it was from being 10. But Got our surprises that were 10 times better and made the show amazing. I personally, before you get into it, jumped out of my freaking seat for the first one yeah. because I wasn't expecting it because, like, it just felt so difficult to fully believe. And I think it, I think for me, it was such a it, weird situation. Yes. It's almost like the punk thing mm-hmm. in a sense that, you know, you hear all these rumors and it's possible. But I don't believe it. Like you don't believe it till you see it. And little and I think everyone thought the second surprise was such a guarantee that we weren't going to get both. And let alone both back to freaking back, which I thought was perfect by the way.
0: I agree. Yeah. So after the match, Ugh. Kenny Omega, Young Bucks. I loved his promo, by the way. Great promo. Just really saying that, like you know, I, you know, no one can beat me. No one in the world can beat me. The only people that can't, the only person that can beat me, doesn't work here. Uh, and is is, is probably dead. Obviously, he's eluding. I love that shot. I oh, love man. it. Lights go out. 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 Lights come back on. Music hits. Adam Cole walks out. Oh. We saw him, we didn't review it, but literally, last episode would have been us reviewing an Adam Cole NXT match, and instead we get now, moving forward, which also I love the line that the only person that can beat me for this, one of the people, is someone who's dead, Adam Cole, there we go, He's he is telling us that he thinks Adam Cole can beat him for the title, um... Very intrigued. So obviously, we'll get to the next half, and this is always why you got to watch these post credits, guys. You got to stay for the post credits, Uh, Uh, which is I think also what AEW is doing right now. They're doing these are post credits right right now. This is
2: something NXT used to do. Like this is what NXT. This is when NXT was at its best. Is the post main event credit scene like you had to watch because you knew something could happen And AEW they kicked it into a different gear with these two but like
0: i think that's the beauty of what AEW is doing um well let's talk about the first one then adam yeah. cole thoughts uh, on adam cole we're not going to just necessarily talk about the debut we're talking about booking here adam cole he aligns himself immediately with the elite where do you think what where where do we go with adam cole here uh, first
2: first off i love adam cole like i love the human being that adam cole is i love his confidence on screen i think he's one of the best promos in wrestling and i think he has a star power you don't have to love his matches to recognize that he has a star power i do love a good amount of his matches. i think his matches with o'reilly were not that uh not to the level that a lot of people hoped mm-hmm. um But that being said, he was on his way out, so that also... didn't matter. Right. Uh, But moving forward, I think his role is actually bigger than people might think. Because when you join the Elite, you're instantly behind Kenny Omega, right? Yeah. And first of all, I thought the swerve of him joining the Elite, rejoining the Elite, was perfect. I think that was the way to go because it instantly, first of all, puts him at the top of the card, which I know people can wonder. Um, And him, by the way, getting away from WWE at the right time, Mm -hmm. I'm so happy because I have been saying for weeks upon weeks, he deserves better. And I knew he was not going to get better unless he came here. Um, His spot is very interesting because to me, I think once Kenny Omega loses that title, he might be taking time off in a way. Um, because there have been reports that he's a bit banged up. He's going to need a little time, and I think it, maybe he takes a month, two off. They don't need – this is going to sound terrible, but they don't need Kenny Omega on their shows every week right now. Look at because look at somebody. Cody Rhodes. Exactly. Like, I didn't even remember Cody Rhodes was gone. Uh So that gives Adam Cole a chance to step into the spot of Kenny for the time being – as the leader of the elite or, you know, co-leader and down the line, of course, this creates the potential mess between Kenny and Cole, because there is not a single chance. Adam Cole forgets what happened to him on his way out of bullet club of where Kenny pretty much said, get out of here. You're dead to us and rid him for Marty Scurll of all people. Uh, the, I like the idea also that they kind of just avoid all that. Like, yeah, it was a wrong decision. We're best friends. Whatever. Cool.
0: Uh, I want them to do a a seance on BT so badly. (laughs) Like, I just want them to do, like, a resurrection bit on (laughs) BT. They will. Uh, I'm just – I'm so happy for Cole, and I think
2: whatever – the potential for great Cole matches for me comes in the trios, actually um with the young bucks because i think those three work so well together and i said i tweeted out last night oh my god adam cole and the young bucks versus death triangle give it to me yesterday um that's gonna be insane young bucks young bucks need some new titles yeah exactly like just bring bring in the trios now uh adam cole uh, his by the way his theme song amazing like it's fantastic it's so much better than that stupid one he got in nxt after the undisputed era which i love the undisputed era theme song Mm -hmm. but uh like literally the first lines of you know it's all about the boom is hilarious in a sense because it was always about the boom in his entrance Mm -hmm. (laughs) like everyone was just always waiting and that adam cole baby pop oh my god that was just fantastic like you you can dislike adam cole you can feel you, whatever way you do about his matches but adam cole's a star yeah and i feel he did he wasn't outdone in a sense by the second pop i think he joining the elite made that second pop that much better because he already had his moment and then oh, i i think he the sky's the limit for him he'll be a world champion there he said in the media call listen i'm only 32 guys like i have so much time left i think people forget how young he is yeah like he has so much time he doesn't need to be champion tomorrow he doesn't need to be a champion a year from now really like there's so much work to do here that it's really exciting and he's instantly to me one of
0: hangman page's first challengers Ooh, yeah, that would be very good. I, I think the discussion of Adam Cole's pecking order um, is very intriguing to me. Because right now, obviously, it's Kenny Omega, number one. But maybe, maybe we put Adam Cole in some Miro matches. You know, maybe that's a good way to get him to figure out to get the WWE stink off a little bit. You know, he was only waiting for 40 years. And I think another discussion, which we'll have later, is, you know, what does this do to NXT now? But... You know, Adam Cole... They lost their boy. Yeah, Adam Cole in AEW... You know, we talk about it with Punk and Brian Danielson. Oh, Adam, no, I don't know what you're talking about. We didn't get to that part of the show yet. He Adam, yet. <laughs> They were pieces of the puzzle that felt necessary in AEW, and Adam Cole is one of those as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is anyone new that I really want after we get punk danielson and 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 cole like i don't know any other big male wrestler names and i'm like yeah we gotta sign this guy i'm looking at I, you bray wyatt I'm, I'm okay passing you up um
2: i think it's not signing i think it's like the new japan people it's all forbidden coming. door
0: stuff. rotating in yeah. yes it's all forbidden door stuff from here on out mm-hmm. um because so, i Get get Bray Wyatt out of here. Um, but Adam Cole, I'm very intrigued about. I think he can be a TNT contender for a bit up until Omega loses, um, in which case, or if not TNT t- contender, then Trio's title. I think now is the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Arthur Ashe might be a great time to announce some Trio's titles. Um, I, I just, I think he'll get something and he should have something to hold over. I think once Omega because once once Omega loses the title, then we can bump him up. I right. think you're right. Once Omega loses the title, I think we might start rotating out. Um Adam Cole has many years left in him. Kenny Omega I I'm always questioning the injuries because I don't know if he's pulling a great Tanahashi with that injury call. Right. But Kenny Omega's thirty seven. He's at the peak of his career right now. You know, I can see him wanting to maybe like, Oh, I'll step back a little bit. So It's a question of what that stepping back would be.
2: Adam Cole doesn't go a very long time without holding gold. People need to remember, like that is something that has always went in his career,
0: no matter where he's went. So gold makes him way better. Makes is his character. Is I need to have a championship.
2: It's rare. It's not rare, but he is one of those guys that are better with a championship than chasing or without one, which. I, it's a credit to him because some people just aren't good as champion it's just the truth i don't know how to feel about hangman page when he ultimately becomes champion because he is a great baby face in the chase and kenny omega was a great person in the chase and i think he's been a great AEW world champion but he was not a great iwgp heavyweight champion because mm. that was just so that's also how you look at it um and Daniel Bryan is actually someone that you could say wasn't a great champion, but he ended up being a great champion, whether it be his ring of honor world title run or at the planet's champion, which is one of my favorite runs of all time in wrestling. So uh, I think Cole back with the bucks is very exciting back with the elite as a whole. And, you know, they automatically have a story in itself when, adam cole gets fed up and turns on kenny omega because you know you know he doesn't forget those things like that's part of adam cole's
0: character he always remembers things and after adam cole came out (laughs) uh the Uh, elite just just soaking it in kenny omega goes to say goodbye but just then we get some uh uh, some some music, some hip hop music, which I thought was extremely charming for me. Brian Danielson arrives. The rumors were true. The reports are accurate. Uh, Brian Danielson arrives at All Out. Oh boy, Brian Danielson is a guy. I you know he has that sort of CM Punk history in professional wrestling, but he is a guy that can still go right now and is ready to go right now. Um, we don't have to wait. Again, maybe some WWE stink. Uh, You know, if you saw those comments about the media scrum call, uh, he definitely still, he definitely would have still signed to WWE. 100%. It's just he he just wanted to do something different. That was the only difference. He wanted wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to, like, kind of make his own thing. He would have been he, able to leave. He would have gotten a very nice, generous offer, I'm sure. Which I believe he said he did. He loves Vince McMahon. He loves WWE. His wife works there. He said all these things in a media scrum for AEW. But yeah. he was like, well, I kind of just want to do something different. It's like, great. I love it. Do something different here in AEW. Uh,
2: what This, to me, was... So I said how CM Punk was the last piece of the puzzle for AW. Mm -hmm. Brian Danielson is the first piece of a new puzzle in a sense that you are creating more than just this different company, this different promotion. Now showing that you can convince someone like Brian Danielson to leave such a comfortable company, a place that he has now gone on record saying he loved, he loved working there, he understands his wife works there, he he even said he loved working with Vince. That's yeah. not many people left that say that. And the fact that AEW had the excitement factor, the the pull to bring him in it's the next it's the next chapter in the age of AEW. we're going on a special road i don't know how i feel about his theme music but that's another conversation for another
0: day i gotta um, i gotta hear the full truth. yeah so i mean really. it's
2: weird but i love i already love what his character is he's here to beat the crap out of the young kids like that's what he said and he someone asked him about CM Punk and how CM Punk said I'm here to help the young guys. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm Daniel. I'm Brian Danielson. I'm the American dragon. I'm here to kill them. I'm here to bring the best out of them and show them, yeah, I'm still the best in the world. And I will go on record to say that, you know, I know people have brought this up. Uh, I guarantee you, Dave Meltzer will be giving uh, Brian Danielson a his first ever five star Grade now that he's part of AEW, whether it be against the likes of Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, uh, Will Ospreay, which is a match he very much wants. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and he already said he's gonna, he's going to go to New Japan. Wh- whenever that happens, he's going there. Um,
0: just a matter just, of when, just a matter of yeah,
2: when, yeah. There's, there is countless number of people that damn. Brian Danielson. I'm gonna to have to get used to that. Um He's going to have so many great matches. And they delivered Adam Cole and Brian Danielson back to back, dude. Like that is the goal. The goal and, and I know they've been calling it like the outsiders and Kenny uh, CM Punk was like, you know, this is this to me is like that level because you bring in those three those three you bring i need to put this out there you brought someone that main evented wrestlemania this year that's huge that's absolutely massive uh AEW they can't miss right now they cannot miss and there are so many different stories to tell here uh, i don't even know they could easily just not have danielson chase the elite right now they could just move him somewhere else because that was just for the pop mm-hmm. uh And I know Punk has, uh, you know, hinted at him and Danielson teaming up to face the Young Bucks, which, oh my God. (laughs) Like, there
0: is just countless, countless ways to go here. I'm very excited for the future. I'm very excited for the future of this company. I don't know where we're going, and I think it's fun. There's so many different directions we're going to go. I almost feel like, I almost want them to not sign anyone for a second, just like so can really soak it in now. But I think you're, I think we're all correct in the sense that like we can start. We're at the point now in AEW where we can start filtering out some of the EVP guys, which is also why I think we're both upset that Chris Jericho won. is I think we can start filtering out those, some of those guys in terms of in-ring uh, presence, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're starting to get a lot of these cool dudes that I really want to see. Um, but speaking of, I want to just do some quick thoughts here at the very end. Uh, uh, we just talked about all out for nearly two hours straight, but I want to get some quick thoughts <laughs> from you, Scotty, because next week, uh, next week's episode should be interesting because we're probably not going to discuss about AEW. We can finally move on to other promotions. Yeah. <laughs> we've, been yeah t- we've, been talking, we've been talking uh, about AEW forever. Um, Speaking of things I'm not excited about, uh, NXT has announced uh, a a rebranding of the product on September 14th. Days away, man, like a week away. Uh, The official launch of the NXT rebrand. New logo, new colors, new arena setup. Um, Lots of different news flying around, but it looks like the answer to all this news, the correct news, is that the day-to-day operations are still going to be Triple H and the boys. Um, but the overall bigger picture is going to be Vince McMahon and his guys. So that's where we're getting this new look, new um, arena set up. Uh, don't, we don't know how much Vince is going to have in the booking, but if that's if the reports would be believed, it'll still be Triple H. But of course, Vince is like, but I want the big dudes to be getting wins. So now that Adam Cole is gone... Now that NXT is getting a whole new style change, what do you what are you thinking about NXT moving forward? It was a great run.
2: Like, I it was such a good run for NXT. Uh, someone perfectly said it. I don't remember who. I'm sorry for not giving them credit, but NXT was AEW before AEW. Like they were the change. From the usual Raw and Smackdown And I will remember Those days because NXT Has given me some of my favorite moments um, In wrestling Some of my favorite matches in wrestling Uh, And and I think a lot of people Need to remember that Because I know AEW is like the talk of the town now Rightfully so But NXT at one time gave us that Yeah Like they gave us countless moments They gave us um, You know Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn. I feel like people forget how great Sami Zayn was there. Um, they gave us Finn Balor on top. They gave us an Oscar run that will be remembered forever. They gave us Bailey and Sasha, Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. Uh, you know, you know, you get it. And they gave us an Adam Cole reign that I think was great. And once Adam Cole lost that title, that was the beginning of the end for me, in my opinion. Um, I know a lot of people say when they went on TV, which is fair, when they had to go to two hours. Um, I thought for a couple months there they were still doing okay. But once Cole lost that title, I'm not blaming Keith Lee. Don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming Keith Lee. Yeah, But that was the end of the era. That was the end of what – NXT was because then Karrion Cross came to play, and Karrion Cross is not what made NXT great. Like he's not that type of wrestler, um, and that's when a lot of people just you know jumped off ship completely. Uh, Tony Khan made the comment of how Adam Cole was the one; he was the one person that made him worry on the Wednesday Night Wars. Now that he's gone, it it NXT's NXT what it made NXT great. is it's done, and I think that's actually okay. I think it's okay, because NXT being rebranded, as sad as it sounds, I think they need it, almost, in a sense. Agreed. Completely agree. It, it became a flat brand. It became a flat brand that a lot of people weren't interested in. Now that it's going to be new, and I know like the logo's ridiculous and all colorful and shit, but... People are going to be more interested to see where the hell this goes because (laughs) I think for WWE's sake, uh, going, like, I've had time to think about this, clearly, like, initials reactions were like, shit, this sucks, like, I'm sad to see this happen, but it's the right move because you're going to build people up that hopefully, hopefully can make WWE better down the line. Because Vince McMahon just never connected with what NXT was. Yeah. And that was never going to help the brand. So you gotta you gotta make these moves. Like I already think we're seeing it in the sense of like a Ridge Holland, for example. I think Ridge Holland's actually a talented guy for a former rugby player that has come in and become a wrestler. Um like him and Champa this past week, I thought had an actually really good match. And I'm the only people I worry about remaining is Champa and Gargano because they were there for the heyday Mm -hmm. they were absolutely there for the heyday they helped lead that charge Um, I'll never forget their tag match with uh, FTR the revival one of my favorites ever Um, they they gave us a lot more good moments and bad moments I know people have really turned the page on those two especially but I think it's unfair to blame them they didn't want to leave a brand a home that has become theirs and now they might be forced out so the change of NXT is actually a good thing because we have AEW we don't need that yes anymore and it's best for hopefully hopefully it's best for WWE moving forward maybe someday somehow they can become they're never going to be the top wrestling brand ever again Mm -hmm. i will put that out there they never but hopefully they can get to a point where you're watching it and you don't feel angry yeah (laughs) during their shows because all of us have grown up on wwe we all want them to figure it out and matter again you know like you you went on you said i think you said it perfectly a few weeks ago like they don't matter anymore they whatever they do doesn't matter because it's just like it's completely removed from the world of professional wrestling i hope somehow some way someday they can feel like a professional wrestling company again and if this is the start so be it
0: i completely agree i think NXT was great for the fans for a very long time, but I would say that NXT was not that great for main roster WWE, which sucks because it was a developmental brand. And Mm. so many of the stars it was developing did not suit them. If anything, we talk, you know, people have talked about it for years. Obviously we didn't, but people have been mentioning for years that there was a disconnect between NXT and main roster And in a way, now having NXT, Vince, and these guys to have the bigger picture idea, although that's going to suck for the fans, Mm -hmm. that is going to let NXT be a better product for the main roster. And we'll be able to finally see a lot of these stars in NXT rise up to the main roster and be important in in the mix. Because now we're picking guys that Vince is interested in actually seeing and not all these indie wrestlers. And obviously it's going to make all of independent wrestling and every other promotion to the sun uh, look great. Yeah, um, it's a,
2: it's a win for wrestling in a sense because the NXT changing and not collecting talent is great for the indies especially. Yeah, like you said. So, yeah, um, I it, it's sad because I can't harp on enough like NXT was what we needed for nearly a decade. But AEW can take the baton and run with it now.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, we can wrap it up here now, Scotty. Or Boom. I do have one last bit about the G1 climax. Do you want to continue or do you want to wrap it up? Ah, uh,
2: sure, we can complain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, we not. We didn't. We were going to talk about the Grand Slam shows, but you know, we felt. They were bad, <laughs> so we don't want to do that. The more interesting discussion, I think, is about the G1 climax. G1 climax blocks were finally announced uh, from New Japan, uh, yeah. and the, and we'll go block by block. Uh, we will starting with block A. Uh, Scotty, just give me your quick thoughts on the this block. Uh, block A in the G1 climax 31 is going to be Abushi, Naito, Shingo, Zack Saber Jr., Yano, Ishii. Yujiro, Kenta, Tangaloa and Great Okan. Thoughts on that block right there?
2: Well, I think it goes without saying this is the better block. Uh, it's we we knew it was going to be tough for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time they could have made it easier for themselves if you feature say Hiromu Takahashi and just, you know, let him let him just do what he does. Like who cares about divisions at that point? Uh, you keep Minoru Suzuki in Japan and put him in it. Um, You put Satoshi Kojima in it because he can still go. Uh, They they didn't do all this to themselves
0: Mm -hmm.
2: because COVID did, but they did a lot of it to themselves because you still have the talent that you don't need to put Chase Owens and G.O.D. in it. Like You have the talent to avoid that, but – you guys are staying by your standards of the older guys don't get a shot and you i guess you don't want to beat them a lot but i don't know to me the g1 is supposed to be this tournament of great wrestling night after night after night and there's going to be some shows where you're going to look at the car and you'll be like really that's what we're doing here. Uh, a is gonna give you a lot more better matches, Um, but man, it, it, it's uh it's a tough. Look, and we're you we even get the B block yet?
0: I actually kind of like the A block. I'll hmm. be honest; I kind of like. I I think it helps that my expectations for this G1 climax were bottom of the barrel. That, that's that's so, true. So I'm sort of like, I don't know. I think it's not, not that bad. I think um obviously A block you get Abushi and Nighto. We're gonna go out there and kill each other. Shingo against any of those guys would be great. Zack Sabre Jr. Vince, those guys would be great. Ishii, I'm a fan of Ichi I know you're not, but I'm, I'm enjoying of that. Kent will be very interesting. Yujiro, pin eater. Who cares? We already know he's going to be the pin eater. Great O'Con, I'm very intrigued to see Great O'Con interact with these guys. Great Okan mm. getting a win over Naito in the New Japan Cup. Uh, interested to see where we go from there. Great Okan versus Abushi versus Ichi. I'm very intrigued to see how Okan does here. I think Tonga Loa was actually pretty good in the New Japan Cup. Um, I think he's been doing a really good job as a singles wrestler. So I think I'm intrigued. I'm happy that he's in this block, as I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because yeah. I think this block will help make him become a better singles wrestler, and I'm more intrigued to see a lot of more of his matches in here. I don't think he's going to get that high either. I think he might be close to Yujiro's standards. But you maybe you maybe you want a bullet club guy and block A to get high numbers. Well, there's Kenta, so it's probably gonna be Kenta. Um <laughs> But Oh, it's Kenta. I, I I think block A is pretty good. I, I mean of what you got of what you got in Japan right now, I think that's solid. I think it's a very solid block.
2: Yeah, and I think uh
0: I feel we- like I feel like sorry, I feel like people are just being overly harsh because but it's all—they're all fair, o- harsh criticisms. I think people are just getting overly harsh because New Japan has been sucking lately, and mm. the expectation for G1 climaxes are like we're going to bring in John Moxley, and where's Brian Danielson, and we'll have all this and well, have all this stuff. It's like get, 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 your expectations need to be way lower
2: here. The pain for me is you have the talent, you have the talent in your junior division to make this actually a sick tournament. Like every night could have been very special because i i can't stress enough like if you put her in that guess what he was going to have a great showing like he doesn't need to win all the time you did it with osprey Mm -hmm. a few years ago and he didn't win a lot but he didn't he didn't fall down the totem pole either like you knew he was still a future stud um you you've done it you did it with shingo too like it, it, it works uh I guess I guess it's whatever, but even like you could have put like show in it because it's clear show is not going to be a junior that long. I think I think you, you can just see where that's going. I'm so upset uh, with that show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like seriously, it is what it is. Uh, this is definitely a better block. I think Yujiro and Tangaloa—they're um, not the pretty names, no—but they're going to get the job done, and they're they could give you you know a couple. Good matches, too, like that surprise you. So, uh, we're definitely in agreement. Block A is not that bad, all things considered. Moving on to Block B, baby. Block B is that bad. <laughs> block B, B for bad. And it has two, and it has the top two wrestlers in New Japan.
0: Yeah. Yes. I, they put them in there because they're like, we got to have something in this block. Uh, Block B, Sonata, Taichi, Yoshihashi, Godo, Cobb, Evil, Tamatanga. Chase Owens, Okada Tanahashi. You know, we're, we're going to get an Okada Tanahashi match. Yay. That's fun. Um, It's not. It's bad. Like, it's,
2: <laughs> the bottom's bad. Yeah. But, like, the top isn't that bad because you're going to get Godo versus Tanahashi. You're going to get Godo Cobb, versus Okada. Cobb. Cobb versus Godo. Cobb versus. Like, the top matches are gonna be great. Mm-hmm. You'll get um, you know, Sonata versus Goto. Uh you'll get interesting Sonata matches, which yeah I, I've been more of a fan of Sonata lately. I think he's been less uh reined in and like methodical and more like enjoyable because I think Sonata is a very good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um I would say the same thing about Tai Chi isn't it? enjoying Tai Yeah, Chi Tai too. Chi's enjoyable as well. So It's it's the Chase Owens, it's the Tamatonga, it's where I hate to say it because I think I do think he's good when he's not in this role. Uh, You have Evil because the Evil match since joining Bullet Club is terrible. Dick Togo is gonna be choking out everybody. What Evil has done in the past, like as a wrestler, is like you know he has had good matches. Um, I think he had a match with Okada a few years ago in the G1 that was, like, insane. But we know that's not what's going to happen. So it automatically makes him at the bottom tier, and he's going to win matches. So
0: that's tough. Uh, it, the mat, this, this block has a good high point, but it drops significantly.
2: Oh, oh, it's so bad. And, like, Chase Owens fucking sucks. So, like, that's <laughs> terrible. He's the... I, I'm going to go on hand and just say he's the worst G1 wrestler of all time. This like, is his first G1 ever. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, it should be his last. Uh, oh my God. Tamatanga is um, there. He's <laughs> definitely there. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's uh, But, hey, like
2: you said, we got a Hakata versus Tanahashi again, so that's awesome.
0: Yeah, the sexiest match here is like Okada Tanahashi, Cobb Okada, Cobb Tanahashi.
2: <laughs> Anything with Tanahashi and Okada like, that doesn't involve those bottom three. Yeah, it's like, you that know,
0: Bullet Club. It's like, you know, Yoshihashi's getting better, but nothing serious. I think Yoshihashi like th- could give a, good ma- a couple good matches. I think he can. I think down. he's improved a lot, but it's like. Even then, it's like, you know, there's nothing, no real sexy matchup that I want to see that has no. Yoshihashi in it. No. And then you're right. And then Chase Owens. I, I mean, I don't know about that. That one kid. Tama Tonga, I don't think has been a great G1 Climax wrestler. I'd uh, say bad. Evil is just going to be Dick Togo nonsense. Unless Togo was gone, but I'm not confident. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's frustrating. The... When people are dogging on the g one blocks, really what they're dogging on is this block. They're just dogging on Bullet Club. (laughs) Yeah, because this block is three Bullet Club guys, and they're all the worst.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you're missing the best members of Bullet Club here. Like, one, the leader's not even going to be in the tournament. Uh, Kento's in the other block. Hell, I think I'd rather watch Yujiro wrestle than the other three because, like, he doesn't have the interference nonsense or isn't terrible (laughs) like like a certain chase owens so like uh, whatever
0: like mm, it's just it's 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 frustrating to watch and on top of all of it we couldn't get like one new japan strong guy in here i don't know put fred send fred rosser over to japan I don't know.
2: I guess it's if they say no, but like I, I feel like if you asked
0: <laughs> once, they probably would've been like, "Yeah." I'll do I mean, I get it because like COVID and whatnot, and obviously you know we're also talking about the environments of all these matches, and God, evil versus Tama Tonga in a, a zero crowd arena, mm-hmm. or not even zero crowd, but like clap crowd arenas. But but even then, you know, it's just like. I had a point, but I forgot what my point was. It's just it, it's it's not exciting. I just wish they sent someone over from strong. Like just send 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 Fred Rosser over. Send send Lawler. I don't I don't care. Send someone over. I understand that you're doing stuff in the states, but you're bringing Suzuki over. You're bringing yeah. Ishii over. You're you bringing just... Tanahashi over. You're bringing Osprey over. Okay, so you can send a guy that's on strong over to the G one climax and take out Chase Owens or Yujiro and be a pin yeah, eater. I'd I mean, be okay if Fred Ross is a pin eater in the G one climax. It,
2: it comes to agreeing to be in Japan for the next month. Yeah. Which is not something a lot of people I guess are doing. And I think it the moment Jay White was announced pretty much not going to be there, that's when you knew this was not gonna be great because one, I thought for the longest time this would have been Jay White's tournament to win. <laughs> Before, like, based off of Wrestle Kingdom, all signs pointed to him, you know, potentially winning the tournament, and now he is not even in it. Um, Osprey not being there, of course, hurts a lot. Um, Juice Robinson not being there hurts a lot, man. Like, he was always a bright spot, I thought, in the block because. I know Juice has fallen off a little bit in terms of you know great matches or whatever, but I always enjoyed his G one stories. I always enjoyed like his promos after the matches and whatnot. So yeah, you lost a lot of talent when they just were like, yeah, we're not coming over until COVID's over. So uh, it's all about next year's G one, ladies and gentlemen. Also, this three nights to Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Holy shit! Like why? <laughs> this is not a good idea if this is the talent we're dealing with for that event by the way (laughs) like you're you you have to depend on certain people coming back or like holy mother of god what are you gonna do for three nights you're gonna do three world title matches are you gonna break shingo in half because he's gonna go i mean he'll do it but holy crap why do you why do you do three nights of a Wrestle Kingdom? I thought two was overkill enough. Oh my god! I mean, uh,
0: whatever, whatever. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I just I can't get myself to care enough. Uh, do you have any guesses about who would be the, who would be the winners of each blocks? Just uh, Naito and. Let's uh, say I, I'd vote Cobb maybe be a winner of the block. Cobb. I think there's potential for him to win.
2: It could it's be. Probably, a, yeah.
0: It could be I Okada. I but... yeah, could always just go to the old
2: reliable there. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's probably going to be Naito and Cobb or Okada. I think that I think people have been pretty set on it being Cobb or Okada. I mean, I I always like the trip Sonata because like he's been there before, so I guess that's not crazy to think. Mm-hmm. But I think giving Cobb that rub would be pretty cool. I like Cobb.
0: I like Cobb, but part of me thinking that like Okada gets the win back from Cobb. Yeah. That'll be the decider, probably. Yeah, and so part of me is thinking Okada is a block winner. The tough part is the three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know how these are they're laying out these matches. If I got my way, it would be Tanahashi and Naito.
2: But that's because I want yeah. Tanahashi to win. Every- dude, like Tanahashi's having insane. But he he's the U.S. title holder though, so I don't know if you even do that. this No, time. they won't do it. It it Okada makes a lot of sense. Like you, you first of all, you want that great match on the final day. Mm-hmm. Like you want that match and him and Naito. Shocker would give it to you. Um, I think and, him him Abushi could do too. Do it as well. Yeah, just don't do Abushi in the finals again. I like the idea of
0: Ibushi going for wait, wait, it. Wait, wait, is Ibushi an A or B? A. So it would be like Okada well, versus Ibushi. Well, I think. Ibushi. Well, I think Naito's winning. Okay. So well, then yeah, cool. then then you would have Naito winning the block over yeah. So I
2: think Shingo versus Naito is a match that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But who the hell knows what they're doing? There's three nights of block action. Uh clearly they're going to do the They're going to have other world titles on the line, so they're they're going to hope that Osprey and Shingo can have a rematch oh, for to combine the titles and oh. then maybe the G1 winner faces them after or before who the hell knows man like the the COVID needs to get better over there this or this three night
0: uh wrestle kingdom spectacular is not going to be spectacular it's going to be night one is the g1 climax winner versus shingo night two osprey versus some guy and then night three is winners combining the title that would make a lot of sense that would make
2: you okada and bill bill osprey because that was a match we were supposed to get. That would make a lot of sense to
0: main event night too. Ooh, oh! G one climax winner can pick which world title.
2: Um, pick the real one. Mm, <laughs> I'll a, fight some of you. Pick the real one. That's a very um, well, interesting. They idea. have so many matches also that have been canceled. Yeah. So you can work from that too. Like Ibushi versus Osprey rematch. That's possible. Um. Sh- 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 okada and or osprey which was supposed to happen um
0: there's but there's stuff here there's whatever
2: there. the fuck jay white was supposed to do <laughs> like there was so much jay white was supposed to do in new japan and he's it's saddens me because i i'm such a jay white fan i just enjoy him as a person wrestler whatever you want to call him and yeah i'm just so sad that like he was probably going to become world champion within the next year or so. And who the hell knows if that ever is happening within the next year, because the plans are very much on hold or ended and they'll have to make new ones down the
0: road. Yeah. Well, all right. I think
2: I've talked long enough.
0: Yeah, same. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of What Ring if it's Post Brian Radio. Danielson? Hey, what if it's What if it's uh, Jungle Boy? <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, that's on the show. I don't have anything. I don't have anything for that. <laughs> yes, and uh, thank everybody for listening to this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. We'll be back talking about something about something in the re- the week of not AEW, maybe probably not it's AEW. I don't think well, unless there's well, b- Dynamite's huge or something. Yeah, it'll probably be some AEW, but... We're still figuring out our recording schedule and release schedules things, just because it's tough, because it's like to be due on Saturdays, to be on Sundays. I'm getting back to work, so it's going to be rough mm. rough news for me. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter, at Ryanite So you can follow uh, Scotty, at Scott E. Wrestling. You can follow Countout, our Countout network that we are under, our podcast is under, at Pod. Um, we did this entire episode on Twitch and on our Facebook, on the Countout's Facebook page. Um, so if you want to next time watch us on Twitch, go to twitch.tv forward slash Countout. Uh, I believe the Facebook page is Countout, Countout Pod on Facebook, I think. And it should have been YouTube, but, uh, YouTube is also going to be there eventually. So I believe that's Countout Network on YouTube. Um, Scotty, anything else to plug? uh yeah read my stuff i want to go to bed uh aw hell of a show
2: hell of a time uh wrestling's in a great spot
0: uh and oh i gotta say it watch stardom you're welcome yeah baby watch stardom maybe maybe next week we might do a stardom update about where we are in the 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 grand prix oh they yeah okay just end the show (laughs) (laughs) okay then i'll end the show good radio Scott uh thank you everybody for listening we'll see you next time goodbye this has been a count out podcast hi
2: guys this is lauren